Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans, but they are amazing at what they do. They're a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. And you can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. But more importantly, to get set up for a free consultation to discuss all of your options when it comes to your mortgage. You can visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and find out what is the best situation for you since your home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage your largest debt. They believe it's vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This can this includes considering your long-term and short-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. So visit them at dnvrmortgage.com to get entered to win a free DNVR shirt or hat, but more importantly, to get a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, and Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. Let's jump into the show. DNVR indeed, and welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. Check out msudenver.edu slash online to scope out all they have to offer, 750 total classes. So whatever and wherever you want to be furthering your education, you can do it online with MSU Denver Online. We're talking rigorous and affordable programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. Check them out. Find out all they have to offer and further that education with MSU Denver. My boys, what's up? Happy Wednesday and a special happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all of the veterans out there. I know we have a lot in this community. So from the bottom of our hearts, thank you all so much for what you do to allow us to be able to do this silly podcast. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Zach. And thank you to all the veterans. We have a ton in this community and we appreciate them. And of course, all over all over the country and all over the world, we appreciate all the veterans. Um, a lot of interesting things going on in Broncos country. Uh, I think we should start with the news here of the day, which is that uh, Shelby Harris unfortunately tested positive for COVID-19, which is a huge bummer for the Broncos, means they almost positively will not have him this Sunday. Uh, and on the bright side of things, it means they did play it right uh, with him having a close contact last week. Uh, so it looks like they were able to just, you know, nip that at the bud. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, going to be another tough week for the defensive line. Yeah, almost certainly uh, out this week, and then it becomes touch and go for next week. Of course, he's got to have negative tests. He's got to uh, show uh, no symptoms. He's got he's got to throw go through all that. But uh, I mean, the unfortunate thing is that you got to 
this game, and first of all, we hope Shelby Harris is okay. We hope he does fine and gets through this in, with flying colors. But we get to this game, and part of the hope for Sunday, guys, was that you were at least going to have Shelby back and then have your cornerback core back to optimal health. You will hopefully have a full tilt cornerback core if you get Bryce Callahan and A.J. Boye back, but we're going to be having some of the same conversations going into this game that we did going into the last game as far as uh, how the Broncos can be shorthanded in terms of the interior pass rush and against the run against a significantly more formidable running game led by Josh Jacobs. Yeah, unfortunately, against the Falcons was where you really needed the cornerbacks, and you didn't have them. So the backup defensive line did a pretty good job holding the Falcons under 100 rushing yards. Of course, they had whatever they wanted through the air. Now, this week is kind of when you'd prefer to have Jarrell Casey, Mike Purcell, Shelby Harris back as opposed to the cornerbacks. But we know two of those guys aren't coming back this year. And now we also know that Shelby Harris won't be coming through. So, I mean, second string defensive line. But like you said, Ryan, the positive is if Shelby didn't report this, that the close contact last week and the virus spread within the building and spread within, in, within his position group, it's not crazy to say that the Broncos would be playing with third string defensive line this week, which is just absolutely. Yeah. At best. I mean, they, they could be, you know what? We were talking about this before the show. They could be playing with people that they just signed right now, but Ryan, even that may not have been the case because of the COVID protocols. They wouldn't have been able to get in the building in time. So, I mean, I don't know. Offensive talking week, week 18. Yeah, that that just would have been crazy. Alexander Johnson playing nose tackle for you. So that is the silver lining here. But for a second straight week, backup defensive line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, Real quick, before we go too far, um, we are having a competition at DNVR. We are going head to head with all of the other beats. And this is super important to us because we have never once lost one of these competitions what you do to help us is go to the edmvr.com, go to the Become a Member page, and when you sign up, use the code DNVR. Get yourself a annual membership to DNVR uh, and use the code Broncos when you do so we can beat all of these other beats who think they have a chance against us and we can remain undefeated. Uh, when you sign up and you use that code Broncos, You're not only going to get a free shirt of your choice, which we have a ton of awesome shirts. You're also going to get a free mask, which is uh, is going to be coming handy for you. And you're going to get a free sticker pack. So check out all of the options there. Uh, But yes, use the code Broncos when you sign up and help us win this thing. We we just we just have to stay undefeated. It's it's not an option. Man, you get three free things, plus our awesome coverage for an entire year. So, man, we would be thrilled if you join. And when you do, go to the dnbr.com, the podcast tab at the top. Click on the first podcast there. Scroll to the bottom. A comment section will pop up, and that's where you can leave your comments, introduce yourself to the family, and then also get all of your questions asked on the pod. And... Well, I mean, they just keep going. And when you go to the DNVR bar, you're going to get member-sized beers. You'll get in on the members deal of the week. You get the point. Just go sign up. Use code Broncos. Help us out. Let's get this dub. Okay. Um, the headline of this show, would you take Derek Carr's career for Drew Locke right now? And I expected this, guys, but I already have people in my mentions on Twitter losing their minds over this. 
So uh, let's have a conversation about it. I guess, you know, even just posing the question is enough to get people riled up. Um, Derek Carr, I believe, is a three-time Pro Bowler. Um, but he has never uh, won a playoff game. Never won a playoff game. And when you look at it that simply, the answer is no. Uh, you you wouldn't take Derek Carr's career for Drew Locke. But one thing that I think is really important to uh, note about Derek Carr is that he's still getting better. Uh, and that is something that I think some people that think Drew Locke is already a lost cause and uh, you know, a waste of time and a waste of resources for the Broncos will be just shocked to find out. Derek Carr is better this year than he was last year. He's still improving. Uh, and so while from a success standpoint, um, when you look at it on paper, it's it's just not good. Uh, you, you know, uh, you just it's, it's not enough. But I think Derek Carr uh, is an interesting case study on what it means to have a franchise quarterback in the NFL because I think people in the Raiders organization would tell you that they think Derek Carr is a, uh, is a franchise quarterback. And he's made it through multiple different uh, regimes there in, in Las Vegas now. So that tells you something too. And another thing with Derek Carr and Drew Locke, both second round picks. And Derek Carr may be a great example of what a successful second round pick quarterback looks like. Because Andy Dalton, well, the Bengals moved on from him. So Derek Carr may be the best one to point to. And also, the starts of their career are similar in terms of statistics. Derek Carr was not a winning quarterback. So Drew Locke at least has that on him through, through the first few games. His rookie year, though, he finished with a passer rating of 76 not very good. However, he did have 21 touchdowns to 12 interceptions, but Drew Locke isn't much better in terms of that passer rating through the first full year of his uh, NFL. He's at 80 passer rating. So you say, okay, there's some similarities there. And then two years later, though, in his third season, while Derek Carr wasn't able to win a playoff game, it's because he got hurt. He was on track to have the Raiders be the number one seed in the AFC West. They were 12 and three, and he was on an MVP type of season himself, 28 touchdowns to six interceptions. Now, I think the thing with Derek Carr, and when you say his name, people think Raiders, and they think just no sex appeal to him at all, you know, be, be, besides the uh, mascara. I like that <laughs> yeah, exactly. Besides that, you know, he's, he's Mr. Dink and Dunk, especially the last few years. Uh, and he doesn't really have the winning behind him, especially the playoff winning. So people say, no, 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 no. When you dive into the numbers, he's not, you know, MVP every single year, but he's, he's a franchise quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. And the thing, and, and the thing is also, he's not simply a product of, of John Gruden. Now uh, it's helped having John Gruden around and there, and that was when kind of the second bump in his numbers hit. If you look at there, look at completion percentage when John Gruden shows up and they start kind of focusing on dinking and dunking at first, because they didn't have any vertical targets in that 2018 season. He goes up to 68.9, but you remember like the games that the Broncos play against the Raiders that year, especially an early season game week two, Remember, Derek Carr was just completing a bunch of passes, but they were all within like 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Yep. So it, so that number, it's a little bit inflated. But now, 
three years in to the time with with John Gruden, we're seeing what Derek Carr starts to look like with some vertical threats, with Henry Ruggs able to provide some some vertical speed downfield. And and the thing is, because he had that 2016 season that you referenced, Zach, it probably compelled the Raiders to stick with him a little longer than maybe a lot of their fans would have wanted to because he did already have that skin on the wall, so to speak. He already had a terrific season. And frankly, if he doesn't have that injury in week 16 of that year, we're not sitting here talking about Derek Carr having no playoff wins to this point. The Raiders probably would have gone in and beaten the Brock Osweiler-led Texans if they'd had to go and play that wild card game down in Houston and done it with Derek Carr. Instead, instead that was uh, that, that was the Connor Cook game, right? Because yep. Matt yep. McGloin got hurt and then Connor Cook came in. So the question is, do you take the overall resume of, of Derek Carr? I mean, you could also say this with Matthew Stafford as well. Would you take Matthew Stafford? Because Stafford, even though he's not a second-round pick like Carr or Drew Locke, certainly there were some inconsistencies. And one of the comps that we heard about Drew Locke going in the 2019 draft was Matthew Stafford. So would you take either of these careers? And even though the team success isn't there, you'd have to take the individual record, and then you just hope that the team is better around Drew Locke, and it has been around these two quarterbacks. Yeah, so the, when you just look at the winning and you look at the success, it's like an easy no. Right. But when you look at the numbers, it's an easy yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, 65% completions, of course you'll take that. And actually, under John Gruden, he's flirted with 70% completions every year. Mm. Um uh, about 4,000 yards a year, a little under it uh, for, for his average right now, although he's going to be on for his third straight year with 4,000 yards with Gruden. And then touchdown to interception is 159 touchdowns to 64 interceptions. Um, so if you could take the accuracy and you could take the uh, reading of the field and you could take the – decision-making of Derek Carr and put that into Drew Locke's body. Well, of course you would take it because Drew Locke has a little bit of a better arm, a little bit, uh, a little bit more athletic. So, you know, it's not as simple as just saying, well, the Raiders don't win. I wouldn't take Derek Carr. Um, You put Derek Carr on, uh, you know, a proud franchise uh, like the Steelers or the Ravens or, you know, uh, one of these teams that, you know, constantly has a good defense and puts good weapons around their quarterback, then you you take it. You would. Um, the hard thing to quantify here is just the success, which he hasn't had. But like we said, the one year that he had the best chance at success, he wasn't able to to capitalize and see the fruits of that labor. With that being said, you still would hope if your franchise quarterback is there, he's going to get get you or to or very close to the playoffs every year, and that just hasn't happened. But it's not that you know when you look at the numbers, it's really hard to put that squarely on Derek Carr's shoulders. Well, the other thing with Carr is, I certainly hope if Drew Locke is the guy that the Broncos aren't doing a teardown four seasons into his career. And that's what happened with the Raiders after they had that disappointing 2017 season and they move on from from Jack Del Rio and his staff and move on to John Gruden, hand Gruden that 10-year contract. 
Well, that was a license for Gruden to clear cut almost the entire roster. Really says a lot about Carr that he's one of the few guys that's left standing for when John Gruden walked in that building. Yeah, and, we were, and three years into it, I mean, yeah. it seemed like every single year, uh, everyone outside of uh, Oakland then, and now Las Vegas was saying, "Okay, well, yeah. you know, th- this is their path to go get Tua, to go get Trevor, uh, to go get Drew Locke." A couple years ago, I, everyone thought the Raiders were really interested in him, uh, and so that does speak volumes. Uh, and guys, the the conversation here with Derek Carr is. Would you take a Patrick Mahomes career? Absolutely. Would you take Tom Brady's career right now for Drew Locke? Absolutely. Those are guys that can put teams on their back no matter how good or bad and just carry them to the playoffs, carry them deep into the playoffs every single year. But the reality is there's only a handful of those type of quarterbacks, and the reality is Drew Locke may not be one of those guys, and it doesn't mean he's a bust. And so when we talk about him at the end of the year saying, is he the guy or not? it doesn't necessarily mean he's Patrick Mahomes or you're moving on from him. There's so much middle ground in this. Derek Carr is kind of that middle ground and Derek Carr. When you just take his career, you don't take the Oakland Raiders career with him. You just take his career. What is this team in the next five years? If drew Locke plays the way that Derek Carr has played throughout his, his five years. Yeah. It's a tough conversation to have because you don't really want to land in the middle ground. Um, And if you do, then you're relying on a bunch of other factors to get you far and get you a championship. And um, some teams can pull it off. I'm trying to think who is like the last team to win a championship with a Derek Carr level quarterback, because Carr is better than like the Trent Dilfer, uh, uh, you know, Brad Johnson mold. Are we counting Philly with Nick Foles coming in for Carson Wentz at the end of that year? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Nick Foles. I mean, before he got hurt, maybe Derek Carr was that type or or, I'm sorry, not Nick Foles, but Carson Wentz. Yeah, there you go. And even, you know, you look at Carson Wentz so far in his career, um, Derek Carr's numbers are better than his. Uh, so, you know, yeah. I think a lot of people look at, I, I just, the Derek Carr conversation is just difficult to have because of QB wins, which I support in a lot of scenarios. Uh, I think the quarterback is oftentimes the main factor in whether a team wins or loses. Um, but in this scenario, it's just, you, he's on a garbage franchise. Okay. Um, so if you put, this these type of numbers in the Broncos quarterback position. I mean, look at this year uh, and all the Broncos fans who, you know, are thumbing their nose at Derek Carr right now might be in for a tough weekend um, because Derek Carr has an eight to one touchdown to interception ratio this year. Yeah, <laughs> he has eight to one touchdown to interception ratio and against the defense that's going to play some zones. One thing that Derek Carr does very well is just take what's there. So if what's there is fi- is, is the five-yard dig underneath, he'll take that all day. He'll say thank you and go on. I think just as interesting a question, though, guys, about whether you take Derek Carr's career is you know what, what you take in terms of team accomplishments. And that's why I think it's a, Derek Carr is a fascinating comp from an individual level the Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan are a good comp from a team level because like the Broncos, they're sitting there in a division where there's, it looks like there's an all timer at quarterback in the AFC West with Mahomes, 
Well, the Falcons have been dealing with their own all-timer in the NFC South in Drew Brees with the Saints. And Brees and Sean Payton have been together. And yet, since Matt Ryan came into the league, this is going to be year 13 for him. They've been to the playoffs six times. They've gone to the and they've gone to the conference championship twice, went to a Super Bowl, and Matt Ryan was a four-time Pro Bowler. And one year, one exceptional year was a league MVP. So the question is, would you take that sort of outcome in a scenario where you are staring down the barrel of an all-timer at quarterback with your arch rival? What's crazy is like if you just change one little thing and mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan just calls a better half in the second <laughs> half of the Super Bowl, it's an easy answer. You obviously take Matt Ryan's career. Right. Uh, playoffs about half the time, two, two trips to the conference championship game, one trip to the Super Bowl and a trophy. Like you just take that. It's obvious. It's clear. Um, but without it, it just becomes a little tougher. And that's why, you know, these conversations uh, are so interesting with quarterbacks. And, you know, people want to take away quarterback wins. It's not Matt Ryan's fault that they didn't, not all Matt Ryan's fault that they didn't get the job done in that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But because they didn't get it done, it's hard to say that's what you want. Uh, now, when you've had five, four straight losing seasons, trending towards five that's just where we are halfway through the season um that's super bowl or not it sounds a lot better than where you are yeah yeah Yeah. it it, it absolutely does so guys for this year in Derek carr's rookie season and in the 16 games he played he threw 21 touchdowns 12 interceptions right now 11 games through drew Locke's career he's at 13 touchdowns to nine interceptions so if he finished with Derek carr's numbers in the next five games, because that would be his first 16 games in the league, he would he would finish these next few games with eight touchdowns to three interceptions. Do you take that right now? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely do, because Drew Locke had seven touchdowns to three interceptions to end last year in that five-game stretch. And what was everyone saying? I mean, I thought that was really good, especially yeah. including the four and one record. That'll give the Broncos a chance in nearly every single game, you know, unless one of the next five games, he goes no touchdowns and three interceptions, probably losing that game. But then if he's going four touchdowns or eight touchdowns and no interceptions in the other four games, Broncos could go four and oh in those games. The question is though, what if the, the production remains imbalanced in terms of when it's happening? Like what, what if Drew Locke remains kind of a, a fourth quarter late game wizard, but the first half, most of the first third quarter, it's still not there. Yeah, you don't want to see that. But if you're winning, uh, you know that then it really that's what th- these conversations come down to, because you can't tell me that Drew Lock put up all of his stats in garbage time against the Chargers when the Broncos came away with a W. Like, there's no such thing as garbage time when you won the game. Uh, and the, when you go back and look at the Falcons game, the Falcons really didn't change their defense in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't, you know, it's easy to just say, oh, they were playing prevent. No, they weren't. They were still playing single high safety, which is why the Broncos hit a couple deep balls on them during that time. Um, now, there might be like an inherent, I don't know, you know, thought within the corner, which is like try and keep things in front of me. But again, Drew Locke was hitting deep balls in the fourth quarter. So it wasn't like they were just trying to take away the over the top stuff and he's just hitting underneath. They were still playing the same press coverage they played the entire game in the fourth quarter. So it's not just garbage time. Um, if the Broncos are, you know, getting blown out 31 3 
and they score three touchdowns and still never get back into it, well, then, yeah, you know, that was garbage time. And, you and you know, you can look at the, the way the defense was playing and probably say, okay, they were allowing everything underneath and Drew Locke got hot that way. But if they're winning and, and it's slow for the first three quarters and it hits in the fourth quarter, it's going to be a, a confusing conversation, but you'll take it. Yeah, the Falcons game is a little more confusing in certain terms of the coverages because the thing with the Chargers, it was so simple. It was rush four drop seven and drop them 10 yards back. Atlanta Atlanta didn't do that. Now you saw more cushions from the cornerbacks. They were they were dropping back more often. You were seeing kind of an eight to t- 10 yard cushion at the start of the play more often in the fourth quarter than you did. And the other thing is the Falcons, they were more creative in their rushes. They were still using some A-gap blitzes and dropping their defensive ends uh, in the fourth quarter. Something that the Chargers weren't doing, but like you said on the on the play to, on the play to Jerry Judy, they're playing that up that that straight up, and he still makes the catch downfield for forty plus yards, getting the Broncos into scoring range. And that play is like it's just it's it's a, it's everything that you love about Drew Locke. Um, and just a few plays before that was the interception, which was everything that you hate about Drew Locke. The funny thing is, there's similar plays. It's just one pass didn't work out. Uh, you know, Drew Locke throwing that fade, that, you know, uh, fade ball to Jerry Judy up the sideline. He's flat footed, falling backwards and drops it in there perfectly for Jerry Judy, um, who also I mean, the, the, the little nuances that Jerry Judy is adding to his route running is incredible. He's already such a great route runner. And now he's adding things that like 10 year veterans do like on that play. He sells the back shoulder throw. You see him kind of look back like he's going to turn around for the back shoulder throw, which causes the corner to slow down a little bit, and then that's when Jerry accelerates. I mean, just the little nuances are incredible. But look, Drew Locke throws that flat-footed off his back foot and drops a dime, sidearm, all that stuff. He did the exact same thing a few plays earlier, and you know people are losing their mind over it. It's kind of the, the conundrum with Drew Locke is he's capable of making those throws, which is why he wants to try them. Yeah, and, and isn't that what you expect from a young gunslinger is the guy to show the flashes? But then he's also going to make mistakes, and he admits that, you know, about in a basketball analogy that if you if you miss threes, you make mistakes on the field, you're just going to keep shooting. So that's something that not just this year, but over the years, Broncos fans are just going to have to live with. He's going to have the flash plays that are top ten plays, and he's also going to have those decisions where – uh, everyone, everyone is saying, what in the world was he doing? Uh, the thing is, you just have to live with it. If you want Drew Locke, if you're going to have him, you have to live with the wide variance because uh, the, when he leans on his arm talent, sometimes he's going to hit a throw like he did to Jerry Judy, and sometimes he's going to miss wildly under pressure. That's just You, you have to hope that when he misses wildly, he's missing to where nobody's getting under it and picking it off. You're hoping it's just an incompletion that's, that allows you to move on to the next play. And, and then, again, on that play, I know he says he'd throw to Jerry Judy 10 times out of 10, but when the guy is in his face like that, that's where you just got to learn. Throw it to the sideline. Go on to the next snap. Also, uh, a big difference between the two throws to Jerry Judy is there was places to miss in the throw up the sideline. If you throw that ball over Jerry Judy's head, it just goes out of bounds. When you're throwing that pass over the middle, it goes right to the safety when it goes over Jerry Judy's head. So that's another thing that Drew uh, needs to keep in mind. 
you hope that you see more of the up the sideline throw and less of the over the middle throw. Um, but some of that also comes down to his offensive line, helping him out, protecting him a little bit. People want him to step up in the pocket. I promise you, if you go back and watch the all 22 tape, show me the pockets you want him to step up into because they don't exist. Uh, and when they do, he actually does step up in them. It's just few and far between his, his only route is out when the inter- when the inside of the pocket is collapsing. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot a lot at play there. It's going to be interesting. We'll obviously talk a lot more uh, about this game specifically and the matchups at the face of the Broncos and how difficult it's going to be to slow down Derek Carr, as crazy as that sounds to a lot of people who think he sucks which, because he really doesn't, and he's really awesome this year, actually. Uh, so we'll talk about that more as the week goes on. If you're watching on YouTube – We'd love if you hit us with a thumbs up on the video, hit us with a subscribe to the page, uh, maybe even sign up for the alerts for when we go live and when we drop new videos from the YouTube page. Uh, But we're going to go catch a press conference and then we'll be uh, finishing up the podcast side and getting the questions from all the subscribers on the other side of that. Of course, if you want to be one of those people, one of those subscribers who gets to ask questions, sign up, use the code Broncos when you do and get a free shirt, a free mask, a free sticker pack, and all of our content for a whole year. Uh, Check it out. We appreciate you. But for today on the live side of things, that wraps us up. All right, as we move along here, shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Damn good beers all the time. They always come through no matter what day of the week, what type of beer you want. They're just damn good beers. They're consistent and consistently delicious. So when you're uh, looking down the aisle today, say, oh, I think I'm going to get some Breck Brews and Rep DNVR and drink a beer at the same time. Uh, we always appreciate when you guys take a little picture, send it our way as well. Tag us, tag them. You know the drill. Uh, so shout out to Breckenridge Brewery. Uh, check them out today. When you're sipping on that damn good beer, make sure to check out our rugby coverage at thednvr.com. Of course, it's not just Colorado rugby coverage that you're going to get at the NDNVR. It's all American rugby coverage because Infinity Park in Glendale is now the new official training center for men's and women's USA Eagles 15 teams. That means Colorado is the place for rugby in the entire United States, and our reporter Colton Strickler does a great job breaking down the game and giving you all the up-to-date news that you need on American rugby at ddnvr.com, on Twitter at DNVR Rugby, and of course, make sure to check out our podcast anywhere you can find podcasts at DNVR Rugby. All right, let's move on to the questions from the listeners here, and I'll let you guys get us started. Wesley yep. chiming in. Wesley006 says, Hi, guys. Just wanted to share a little gem I found on the NFL app. Daniel Jones is 4-0 and against Washington in his career and 1-16 against all other teams. Drew Locke may not be lighting up the world. It will definitely take time for him to develop. But in comparison to Jones, whom we have often compared him against, He's done a lot better, in my opinion. Okay, first of all, Daniel Jones should not have been picked ahead of Drew Locke. Nope. And uh, this Especially is... Especially in New York. Well, I mean, it's, it's Dave Gettleman. He, you know, to, in the parlance of political reporter Chris Matthews, he got a thrill up his leg watching Daniel Jones basically down at the same Senior Bowl week that we all uh, were, were at. And... Uh, he got different feelings seeing Daniel Jones than almost anybody else did that week seeing Daniel Jones. I mean, I, th- I think uh, you guys would agree. I think a lot, most people down there would agree that Drew Locke was the better of those two quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah it was pretty w- obvious to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, 
Daniel Jones isn't the standard, that's for sure. Um, Drew has definitely <laughs> outplayed him when it comes to just about anything, uh, in my opinion. Obviously, Daniel Jones has had some flashes here and there, and so has Drew. Uh, but Daniel Jones puts the ball in harm's way on average two times a game. He doesn't always lose those fumbles, um, but two times a game he's either fumbling it or throwing an interception. And that was his problem at Duke as well, is that it wasn't just interceptions. He was putting the ball on the ground. Fumbling is not something that generally gets fixed when you make it to the next level. What's crazy is they, uh, both Daniel Jones and Drew Locke, have pretty much an identical passer rating uh, through their first two years. And yet I would take Drew Locke because he doesn't have the same fumbling issue that Daniel Jones does. I mean, clearly. Yep. That, that has to be part of the equation. I, I, now, it'd be cool if Drew Locke could take off and run 60 yards, but so far he hasn't had to. Does passer rating um, include fumbles? No. It does not, no. Yeah, that's what I thought. No. Now, uh, QBR does. QBR right. accounts for things like that, including what you do on the run. Yep. So, pig tosser 66. Mace, your happy Gilmore reference responding to my comment on yesterday's pod is spot on. I am not joking when saying that. I was actually thinking about Drew being much like Happy before I wrote that comment. Great minds think alike, I guess. Drew is showing up to the course wearing a flanneling jeans. Drew is taking a running start with his driver on the tee box. Drew is firing up the gallery and telling them to make some noise when typically you could hear a pin drop. And Drew is definitely trying to sneak a pull off the spectator's beer bong. We can all see by now that Drew is just different in playing style and attitude. The million-dollar question is, can a true gunslinger make it in today's NFL when the rules make it so much easier for the technician quarterbacks to operate efficiently? Can you live with these stats from him? 60% completion percentage, 3,800 to 4,000 yards, 28 to 30 touchdowns, 16 to 18 picks. I'd say yes with a good defense and solid running game. He is never going to be a 100-plus rated passer. He just isn't. Hashtag let him play. Man, that the touchdown to interception ratio has to be two to one. So, I mean, if you want to go 30 touchdowns to 16 picks, that would be the, the, the most I'd be okay with. I mean, you can't be going 28 touchdowns and, and 18 picks. And, guys, really quick, crazy enough, taking into account those fumbles, Daniel Jones has a higher QBR than Drew Locke. Crazy. Mm-hmm. From Von Miller's Chicken Farm. Howdy, guys. Long-time listener and finally subscribed. Looking forward to stopping by the DNVR bar on my next trip up from Texas. We'd love to see you. After listening to all the pods and comments about the status of our OC, if the Broncos felt like they needed to move on from Shermer after this season, is there anyone from his school of the league, his school of the league coaching trees that might fit? I could potentially cut down on changing too much of a system or terminology, but might find a similar system in plays, just a different or hopefully less stubborn play caller. Thanks to the great pod. Go Broncos. You know what? I think if you're going to change the offensive coordinator, um, you are going to change the scheme. What I would say is if you want to cut down on the transition, you would want to go back to a more Scangarello like offense, not just get a different person from the Pat Shermer or Andy Reid coaching tree. Yeah, and that's exactly it. If you were to be getting someone, it wouldn't necessarily be from Pat Shermer's coaching tree. It'd be from Andy Reid's coaching tree. And no, you wouldn't be able to get Eric Bieniemy if Vic Fangio is still your head coach. Uh, so you'd have to go lower in the ranks in order to get someone like that. Unless you wanted to try to do something more analogous to what Drew Locke did in college. And so that's why Zach and I brought up the name Derek Dooley yesterday, who was a senior offensive assistant with the Giants this year. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a potential name. Uh, next one coming in from Hey to Your Peers. My boys, longtime listener and new subscriber, and I'm absolutely stoked to be here. We got him. Without the Broncos on the local listings down here in Austin, they're torturing us with the frickin' NFC East eye roll. I rely heavily on y'all's fantastic coverage, conversations, and insight. Keep up the fantastic work. Thank you so much for rolling with us. So pumped to have you. He goes on and says, I know y'all have hit this topic a couple times before, but I'd love a quick refresher on what exactly the hopes were for Shermer coming in to be the offensive coordinator. Were expectations realistic that he could come in and do some super different things than the last five or six offensive coordinators? I know hindsight is always 2020, but I remember having mixed feelings about it when it happened earlier this year. Now that I'm finally a member, I can ask. And that is exactly it. Use that promo code Broncos to become a member of our family, and you'll get exclusive right to ask comments on this pod, just like Hey to Your Peers did. Yeah, I think the expectation was for uh, Pat Shermer to make the Broncos' offense more like the Chiefs' offense. Um, that's something, you know, that it was important to them to have a guy off the Andy Reid coaching tree. They thought they could add speed to the offense, add more receiving talent, and have a more Chiefs-like offense. The problem is that the Chiefs' offense thrives on creativity. And we're seeing none of that here. So I don't know if the Broncos expected Pat Shermer to do something different and be more creative if Pat Shermer doesn't feel comfortable being creative because of the personnel or what it is, but um, there's no creativity. And when I say that, I mean, like, this last week, the most creative play that happened was a reverse. One of the oldest – I mean, it's not even a trick play anymore. It's just part of offenses. So, uh, you're not seeing anything creative from Pat Shermer. You haven't really since week one. Well, there's a thin line between creativity and being cute. So um, when, when you say that, I'm curious, RK, what kind of creativity schematically do you want to see from this offense? Yeah, I'd love to see more creativity with the formations. Um, and that could be lining Noah Fant up in the backfield. That can be, uh, you know, using the Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon formation that we saw in the first game of the season. Uh, would have loved to see more Noah Fant and Albert Okwebunam formations and using those guys in different ways can't do that anymore um and the number one thing that i'm not seeing that is so easy to have in an offense that i would like to see more of is pre-snap motion um you're just not uh, not enough window dressing uh if that's what you want to call it um you're seeing you know sean mcveigh kind of made it famous it's not he didn't invent it but he uses pre-snap motion as a weapon all the time and you and the chiefs do the same thing they want to mess with the defense's eyes the more that you try to confuse the defense the more that you will confuse the defense if you're not trying to confuse the defense you're not going to confuse them so i'd just like to see more effort in trying to make the defense think something's happening that isn't how about this i would love to see kj hamler lined up in the backfield a couple of plays each game sure See, I, I was thinking somebody different in the backfield because, RK, you mentioned Noah Fant in the backfield. There's a lot of reasons why I'd like, like to see that, one of which, frankly, is that when you're presented with some looks like the Falcons gave you where you're going A-gap a heavy on the rush with linebackers, you're going to drop an end, but you're going to rush one of the linebackers, it would really help to have somebody in the backfield who can be an obstruction. And maybe you don't want that always to be Melvin Gordon. Uh, Noah Fant, if, if you've got the rush coming up and you diagnose that, at least he gives you a chance to keep that play alive uh, more so than if you've got an empty backfield or if you've got Philip Lindsay just trying to be an obstruction. 
Yeah. Last year, I, I talked about it all training camp. I said, Rich Gangarello has a whole playbook of just Noah Fant plays. Just get the ball to Noah Fant in space. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen none of that. Where are the Noah Fant plays? Where are the Jerry Judy plays or the KJ Hamler plays? I, I just see plays. Yeah. I mean, and we saw uh, what happened on Sunday, even though he got hurt at the end of it. When you get the ball to Noah Fant in the flat outside and you give him a chance to make somebody miss, good things almost always happen when you do that. Yeah. Yep. Where yep. is that? Next one coming in from Casper. Fellas, let me preface I'll take this. A, uh, last thing, I'll take a tight end end around at this point. I just want to see something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just not, not on third and short. Let's not do – not on third and short when you need to preserve a lead and, and, and run time off the clock. Fair. Yes. <laughs> Next one from Casper. <laughs> Fellas, let me preface this comment by saying that I believe that Drew Locke will figure it out and be good enough to keep the Broncos competitive with KC and win a division title over his career. However – I can some down t- I, I had some downtime at work today and got to thinking about the worst case scenario. Let's say Denver decides that either Locke doesn't have it, he's too injury prone, they fall in love with Justin Fields, or whatever scenario fits you. Would John Elway be willing to move up to number two to take Justin Fields? I'm ruling out Trevor Lawrence as nobody is stupid enough to pass on him. And yes, I'm including the Jets. With the success of Murray, Wilson, Jackson, and to the extent Allen, Fields fits perfectly in with this new wave of quarterbacks and has a great chance to be as good, if not better, than all of them. Casey doesn't seem to suffer too much by giving up a first future first rounder in order to trade up for Mahomes. If Elway sees the Fields, checks all the boxes for franchise quarterbacks with immediate results, why not do everything you can do to get him? And before you say, I know Washington set, set the team back a lot by trading up for RG3, so I get any hesitation. There's always hesitation because there's nothing perfect about evaluating quarterbacks. Um, there's no guarantee that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a good NFL quarterback. Like, it, it, we've seen prospects be as hyped as him and bust before. Um, so, yeah, do you like your chances with Trevor Lawrence? Of course you do. But the further down the board you go, the, the more the risks are. Uh, and I personally don't think Trevor, uh, more, uh, Justin Fields is a perfect prospect. Uh, he's going to have a lot of the same development stuff going on that I think most of these young quarterbacks do have coming in. So I like Justin Fields, but I just wanted to preface that by that you're always taking a big risk when you're trading up for a quarterback uh, because evaluating quarterbacks is a, and is a very imperfect science. That said, I don't think John Elway would uh, sell the farm to get up to number two to pick Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't think he would either, although it's interesting. With Trevor Lawrence, I'll say he, every quarterback can, can not work out, but Trevor Lawrence, his floor is probably high enough to where if he do, if he's, doesn't work out, he's probably a middle-of-the-road starter. So that's where he's operating from. Some of these other guys have bust potential. I saw a mock draft this morning, guys, that had four quarterbacks in the top ten. Yeah. It had, had, had Zach Wilson – fifth overall he had Trey, Trey Lance who will only have one game played this year Trey Lance 10th overall yeah and right right now guys I don't think anything that the Broncos could do anything to trade up to get to number two or one right now you have the Jets at number one they're taking Trevor Lawrence no matter what number two you have the Jaguars they're not going to pass on Justin Fields. They're going to take him. Right. I, I think the Jets, I think the number two pick with the Jags is pretty much just as locked up 
as a number one pick with the Jets, I don't think you're going to be able to trade for those. So then you have to be talking about the Zach Wilsons and the Trey Lances of the world if that's your quarterback. And they're not going to fall to 12 where the Broncos are sitting right now. That makes, like you said, you're going to have to trade up still into the right. top five to get the third guy in this draft. Right. Um, and that's, that, is it worth trading that much for the third quarterback? I mean, that, I guess the question then becomes, how much do you like Zach Wilson? I mean, there's a lot to like there, but there's a lot to be wary about given the level of the competition that he's had this year. So I really like Zach Wilson. Yeah. I really like him. Um, I am worried. Uh, I'm worried that he could end up being the one going number two. Um, and, you know, that's good for him. Um, do we know about the senior bowl yet? Is that off? It's no, it's on. They're actually inviting players. The shrine game is off. The oh, senior okay. bowl is on. Now the quarter, the, the only quarterback that I've seen, and there may have been others, but I know that uh, Jamie Newman, who was going to play, for Georgia this year transferred from Wake Forest he's accepted an invite but he's somebody guys that if he does well you are talking about back of the first round second round not somebody who who goes into the top 10 in all likelihood yeah and I just realized uh, Zach Wilson's only a junior right um so he would have to finish up his degree I don't know how close he is to that um, but just for what it's worth, 22 touchdowns to two interceptions, <laughs> 2,500 yards. He is absolutely balling. Uh, and he throws can... a very catchable ball. His, and his placement is outstanding. And these are, and I, although I'm wary about the competition level, the placement on the ball and the catchability of the ball, these are things that should translate to the next level. Yeah, I hope they somehow, some way get into the playoff. Uh, just, just so he can see him against high-level com uh, competition. Love don't to see. Yeah, don't we all want BYU Alabama in a semifinal? Yeah, I want BYU Ohio <laughs> State so I can see Justin Fields and Zach Wilson on the same yeah. field together, and then you know Alabama Clemson in the other one. <laughs> Although I, Clemson I would... might be done depending on uh, how um, Notre Dame finishes out the season. We'll see if Notre Dame gets to play with uh, being surrounded by 30,000 fans after that game. That was uh, ridiculous. <laughs> Next one coming in from Bronco to my boys. Sorry for throwing the darkness in the last post. Am I, it's been a year. Am I right? I appreciate the Gary Williams analogy, Mace. But at the same time, we've already been through our Bob Wade era. Vance, <laughs> by the way, of Brock, Paxton, and Trevor. It's not even Vic and Pat I'm frustrated with. It's John and his vision for how the Broncos should play offense. I need to see more innovation and in play calling from the jump. Get the ball to your playmakers' hands and let them do just that. RK was right. It's like he's the rook on Madden selecting the coach's pick and nothing else. Clearly, Drew is frustrated with it, and he can't be the only one. I'm all for patience, and I've preached it over and over again to the anti-locks, but I just expected more creativity from an experienced play caller with the talent the Broncos have. Trying to, trying to stay positive, of course, but we're in week 10. Let's break off those training wheels, Forrest Gump style, and get after it. Also, Mace, let's agree never to speak Bob Wade's name again. Cool? Cheers. I promise, unless it's just randomly, oh, can you name the former Bronco who became who coached Division One? basketball later in his career Bob that's Wade. Bob Wade yeah but uh yeah that's a that's a nightmarish name in Maryland basketball circles to this day so um I won't mention his name otherwise Zach speaking of Madden I really need you to win tonight <laughs> why am I an Be easier matchup 
No, because if you win, you will play Timmy in the next round. Oh, boy. I don't know the if num- we want that. The number one seed. Uh, <laughs> and if you lose, then I will play Timmy in the next round because I ended up as a wild card team, even though I was 11 and 5. Well, I, so I'm an 8 and 5 team, but I, or an 8 and 8 team, but I won my division. And don't, in, in real NFL, haven't teams that go eight and eight or worse won their first round playoff game at home? I I actually think it's only teams that have been under 500 that are undefeated oh, in the first I sh- round. I should have lost my last game then. <laughs> but then you wouldn't have been in the playoffs. I know, I know. So, yes, wish me luck. I think we're getting that tonight. So, uh, I guess I hope – hopefully I'm playing Timmy next round. Wait, so, that actually maybe you wouldn't be. Um, Mace, maybe you can help me out here. Okay. If a team – wins their division right the lowest seed they can have is four correct so oh right but you're playing the cardinals aren't you yeah i thought they won their division did they not oh no because they're from the same division as timmy ah yeah so (laughs) i I actually don't know what seed they got um probably probably five then right Right, because you're the four, so they play the five. Right. Ah, so yeah. I have no chance. <laughs> All right. I'm playing Timmy. All right, here we go. All right, I got to go to practice, guys. So got to check right. out how they look. Uh, AJ Boye, Bryce Callahan expected back, among others. But uh, have a good job. Have a good show with the rest of the comments, and I'll talk to you both tomorrow morning. All See right, you, Mace. See check ya. out Mace's Twitter feed for updates on uh, what's going down at practice. Okay, we move on after some Madden talk. Now I've, I've got I've got some preparations to do. Uh, from Low Country Bronco, morning boys. I glanced over Locke's college completion percentage, and he only broke sixty in one season. All the talk about completion percentage made me curious. He still seems to be continuing that trend that he began in college. I like Drew, but if we don't have a staff that can help him improve, something has to give. The bright side is better decision making is generally on a linear linear path with age low country Bronco. Yeah. The weird thing is Drew Locke was completing more per, more percentage of his passes than he did in college with the Scangarello offense last year, Zach. Yes, he certainly was last year. He came in and proved that the, the jump from college to NFL, you can get better at completion percentage. He was 64.1 his rookie year, which is incredible. And that's actually well, one of the biggest compliments that Scangarello had at the end of the year was just saying how much he's improved that and now he's taken a significant step back this year, only completing 56.5%. That's almost 10 points different. That is scheme. That's scheme. Um, you're just not seeing the same high percentage throws that Drew was getting in, in the other offense. And it's not just checkdowns and that sort of thing. Just go back and watch the film. What happened was, was Rich Gangarello was scheming receivers open. Pat Shermer is really struggling on scheming receivers open. It's wild how many people want Scangarello back. <laughs> I mean, even when they fired him, like, we were low on the decision. Right. Yeah, I mean, we knew how important continuity was, and especially it seemed like he was starting to click with Drew. Uh, and that's when you need continuity the most, Ryan. And they, they obviously went in a different direction, and we see that it is not helping Drew right now. Thanks, Bronco chimes in. All right, fellas, I'm going to say football-related is I miss Gangarello. <laughs> Who's your money on the Masters? That, that hole-in-one was absolutely insane. The Monstars definitely had something to do with that. 
Well, uh, I'll tell you this. I did a whole episode of Big Drive Energy with our golf bros yesterday. So go check that podcast out. Masters Preview, Big Drive Energy. Uh, you can find that anywhere you download podcasts. I'd love to hear you listen on that. We gave a lot of picks. Um, but, mm, I, I mean, I always go with the same guy. Uh, if, I, if you're making me pick one, I pick five winners. Uh, you know, just throw 10 bucks on five different winners. Hope you hit one. Um, but if you're putting a gun to my head, say you only get pick one, I always pick Colin Moore Cow. And uh, what type of odds are we talking if you're picking five? So it depends on the guys. Um, What's Colin at? Colin is at plus 3,500. Ooh, there you go. Yeah. So 35 to one, you come back with 350 if you're 10 hits. Yeah. I um, like that. Yeah, I like that one too. Um, and then I got to put a little bit on DeShambo just as like an insurance pick um, <laughs> because I was telling the golf bros, like, I can't stand DeShambo. Um, but it, it's a lot more fun to watch him play golf if you bet on him. Now, <laughs> now you're cheering for him. Right. Uh, and like, there's a, there's a legitimate worry in the golf community that he might tear up Augusta. And if that happens, it's going to suck. Um, but at least you'll end up making a small profit on it if it happens because, you know, I'm in for 50. If he wins, uh, you win 75. So you still, you know, still end up in the green and you don't feel – you're not just annoyed if he goes and shoots like 27 under or something on the week, on the week and uh, just dominates everyone. So is that like a Broncos fan entering the playoffs these past couple of years, putting some money on the Chiefs to win? And then if it happens, well, you're not happy about it, but your bank, your bank's happy about it. Exactly. I believe it was Kevin Clark who wrote today, uh, Bryson DeChambeau has the drives of Happy Gilmore with the attitude of Shooter McGavin. <laughs> That's something else. Back to back days, apparently, with the Happy Gilmore reference on the show. Yes, we'll see if we can make it three. TK Freeze. All right, I can't shut up anymore. I can't. I can't handle this. I love my fellow Broncos fans, but holy hell, they're giving up on a 24-year-old quarterback. Happy B-Day, Drew. After 11 games, do we understand how many games this offense has played together? Fully healthy, start to finish? Zero. Zero. But Drew Locke sucks. He can't succeed. If he hasn't done it yet, he's not going to have it. It's the youngest offense in the NFL. His run game hasn't been great, and his number one target hasn't played a full quarter with him. I miss you, Sutton. Look, I get it. It's frustrating. But giving up on Shermer uh, even already seems crazy. Let's take a collective breath, Broncos country. I'm not saying we can't all be critical, but can we just give them a full season? Let this offense develop a little bit. This team has loads of young offensive talent. Let's just watch, not freak out yet. I love this team. I love Drew Locke. We have so much talent. We will succeed. Positive vibes, people. I love you guys, but damn, I just had to get mad for a second. Okay, I'll shut up. Thanks, guys. Dang, I don't really think anyone is disagreeing with you, TK Freeze. I think everyone's given Drew this season. I do not agree. Maybe in this comment section. What are, uh, what are, what are people saying? Bench him for Brett Rippon? I mean, that we know that's yes. not going to happen. Drew's going to get the entire season. In fact, that's what Vic Fangio told us today, Ryan. Vic Fangio told us that Drew needs to play every single practice rep. He needs to play every single game rep. That's the only way he's going to get better. And what he didn't say but what's true is that's the only way they're going to find out if he's the guy is play every single rep. So it is of the utmost importance that Drew Locke stays healthy. Yeah. Um, there are people out there saying bench him for Brett Rippon. That's got to be a that's got to be a small amount of people though. 
Yeah, I mean, and then you're seeing all sorts of other, you know, rookies getting um, getting attacked. Real quick, I just want to ask you this, Zach, because we've we've got uh, 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 your buddy Kai in our mentions today talking about Lloyd Cushenberry. When I was at practice, Lloyd Cushenberry was a better center than Austin Schlotman. How about you? Yes. Yep. Without oh. a doubt. Okay. Like the. He's not only out there just because he's a rookie and they spent a day two pick on it. He's a, he's out there because he's the best option at the position. He is, he is, and I know Kai hasn't been high on Kush since they picked him. Uh, so you know, I think his argument is slide Glasgow over to center and bring Muti in at guard. And to me, you brought Graham Glasgow and you paid him eleven million dollars to be a right guard. Don't mess with that. Maybe maybe you do that this off season. If Glasgow really thinks he can do that, Mike Munchak thinks he can do that, and you think Moody's the truth, but you don't mess one with Moody's development right now just to throw him in for these final eight games of the season if you truly need him to have a full year of development, and you don't do that to Graham Glasgow. You don't take an 11 million guard, make him an $11 million center, and he gets worse because he has to slide over there. So, no, Ryan, I'm with you. I think Lloyd Cushenberry is, without a doubt, the Broncos' best option at center right now. And you know what? Maybe you find out after this year that he's not good enough to play in the NFL, and that's your conclusion. Well, at least you know, and you gave him a full season to find that out because what you can't have is bench him now and then in the offseason say, well, is he developing? Maybe we should give him a try again. And then, you know, he's just taking a step back because he didn't play these final eight games. So, no, your offensive line is what it is right now. And, and, And let's be clear about Moody. He hasn't even gotten a jersey yet. So Yeah, yeah. this past week was his first game. Okay, he got a jersey this last week because um, – Because you're without Graham. You're without Glasgow. Uh, and so he would have been next man up if Schlotman went down, correct? Ex- exactly. Yeah, so right now Moody is technically your third string guard. Yeah, okay. Um, they clearly just don't think he's ready yet. Uh, if he's not even the backup guard. Right, which exactly. is fine. Which is fine. He's not. They. I don't think they were planning at any point where they planning on him being ready this year. Yeah. No. No. And and that's that's fine. You you got a day two talent, Ryan. Maybe even an end of the first round talent in what the sixth round, fifth round with Moody. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they knew that they got that deal because it was going to take some time to develop. Absolutely. Next one from Elroy Jetson. Hey, fellas, I don't comment much because you all usually talk about everything I think of before I get the chance, but occasionally I feel the need to ask things. I was looking at the record of teams Shermer was attached to for the last five years. They were all eight and eight or worse. Shermer has been using an antiquated and floundering offense. What, uh, what was the draw for him to be hired here? I was angry and disappointed in the Vance Joseph of hiring and was very much again disappointed when Shermer was announced as the OC. I very much feel like we are caught in a bad cycle until the ownership situation is settled and LA has someone looking at his performance as a GM and saying, wait a minute, why that? I hope for continuity's sake, Shermer and Drew can figure it out. But, my, uh, but if not, my fear is another overhaul from the staff with a former quarterback saying our team has the skill set and talent, all the, all the skill sets and talent that we could ever want. We just need a coaching staff competent enough to put it together. Rant over. Please talk me down, Elroy. Well, I believe, Elroy, that the, that the reason the move was made was because the Broncos thought Scangarello wasn't letting Drew uh, be Drew. And they wanted the offense to be unleashed. And they thought that Pat Shermer was going to be the guy that was going to unleash it. What was Pat Shermer known for? He was known for three wide receiver sets, throwing the ball a lot, and taking deep shot after deep shot. So 
th that was the thinking uh, at, at the beginning. And also, Vic Fangio wanted to handle the defense. He wanted someone to handle the offense that he didn't have to do anything with. So he wanted an experienced guy in there. And that's what Shermer is. So that was kind of the thinking when the move was made. Yeah. It's, uh, it just hasn't worked yet. Um, and it's, we, we, I got to see Pat Shermer let some of his stubbornness go um, because he looks really stubborn to me right now. And that's my least favorite quality in an NFL coach. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You, you have to adapt not only to your players, but to who you're playing and haven't seen that yet, Ryan. LDJ. I think you evaluate this team in totality when the season's over, not week to week. I just feel like we've had so many curveballs and it's been a journey. I'm not sure how much consistency we've had. So let's just absolve Vaughn and Cortland from the uh, equation. Let's call them lost causes. How many full games have AJ Boye, Michael Ojemudia, and Callahan had together? Uh, Zach, that would be two um well you're looking at oge has played every game so has callahan did not play last game um so boye what games is boye boye missed he missed uh he missed a few yeah i can't remember now i i think it's three at most that boye's even played in yep i think i think three is the number for that answer that's okay Good point there, LDJ. He goes on, how many days, how many games have Drew, Albert O, Fant, Judy, KJ, Phil, and Melvin been in the offense together? Well, I know okay. if we're if we're looking at the non-running backs, it's it's uh three game or two games. Well, he's counting um Sutton though. Um I don't think I don't think he put Sutton in there. Because if it is Sutton, oh, then it's okay. then it's uh zero. it's zero. Yeah. yeah. I for I keep I always forget that court didn't play week one um right 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 because he had that injury on like the last pra last play of practice or something mm, yep yep that held him out uh he goes on this team is so young and injuries have been so immense yet they let 28 points on the board but i mean draymond and walker missed a bunch of games too then purcell and casey out for the year lol i just feel like there's been no rhythm to go with the short off season and drew spent a lot of time and energy developing a connection with Cortland. and i think it affects his games in a affects his game in ways he wasn't expecting. It's an adjustment because KJ and Judy don't play the ball in the air like Cortland. Albert Ochocinco does, but nobody else does really. I don't know. It's difficult to have conversations about this team and what their identity is maybe by week 14 or 15. Yeah, LDJ, I totally know what you're saying. But if Drew's not able to get over – and I'm not saying this is the case, but if you have to make an excuse for a quarterback not having his top wide receiver when he still does have other targets for an entire season – then I don't think that quarterback is meant to play in the NFL and be an NFL starter. Um, now, does it hurt Drew not having Cortland? Absolutely. And is that fair to throw into the equation? Yes, but you can't say that you're not going to evaluate him and it's not fair to evaluate him because he doesn't have Cortland. Because you, you look at some wide receivers that great quarterbacks have, and a lot of the times they are not good wide receivers that they make good. So I think it's part of the equation, but I don't think it's fair to say you can't, you can't judge Drew. No, uh, you just have to take everything into account, um, which no one does. Uh, it's, it's, it's just too hard. The further, you know, I, I keep saying this, the further away you get from an event, the, the less people think about it. So people aren't taking Sutton being out into, their, into account when they're talking about Drew. It doesn't mean Drew can't be good without Sutton, but it does mean he, he's not going to be as good. Like the second that Sutton was removed from the equation, the ceiling for the equation went down. 
Now, here's the thing as well. Because there's so many big names and guys with so much potential on this offense, Ryan, you're probably only going to have every single person uh, be able to play only a handful of games each year. So these excuses are are just going to become reality every single year. You know, you're not going to have Phil, Melvin, KJ, Judy, Alberto, Noah Fant, and Cortland Sutton every game. In fact, you may never have all of those guys for every game. So it's just something where you do have to adapt. But yes, Drew would probably be playing better if he had Cortland. Uh, from Lock the Casbah, it kind of irks me whenever you guys say Gostowski left 10 points on the board or Gostowski missed three field goals. I think you guys have used some other language too, but uh, it just seems like Gostowski just didn't hit on the field goals, which is lucky for us. Not that the special teams stepped up, made a play, and got a hand on one of those blocking it. It's true that he missed three field goals, but he really missed two because of his own fault, and our team blocked the third. I think the fact that one was blocked will be missed by many people, pun intended, if we just say he missed three. Well, He's got a point there. Um, so, and then he also missed an extra point. Am I right? Yeah. So he missed 10 points, but one of them you can give to the Broncos. So if lock the Casbah doesn't want to be frustrated, we can say Goskowski missed three field goals, left seven points on the board. If that makes you feel better than saying 10. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing about it being seven is that it's a, uh, it's a two score game because they lost by two, right? Yep. Yeah, so nine. So, yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. Yeah, so uh, if it was six, I would say well, it was still a one-score game. And if uh, Vic Fangio takes his timeouts, they still have a chance in that one. <laughs> yep. um, a shout-out to WGT, where you can go and play the most popular golf game in the world. It's the official gaming partner of DNVR. You can download it by going to dnvrgolf.com. Download the app from there, and then when you get in there, join the DNVR3 Country Club. What's exciting about joining the DNVR3 Country Club is that you get to play in all of our tournaments, including the DNVR Masters this weekend, uh, in which all you got to do is just play. Just play. Just play along. And if you play along, then you will get entered to win the grand prize and a prize each week. So it's easy. It's simple. Go download the app. Go join the DNVR3 Country Club. Play in the DNVR Masters this weekend and, uh, and get some awesome prizes. Man, Ryan, there's some awesome things and deals that we've got coming from DDNVR.com right now. And another one of them is Strava Craft Coffee. Guys, Strava is offering an incredible deal to all of our existing members. There's so many perks to becoming a member. And here's another one. From yesterday all the way until Monday until midnight, all DNVR members will receive 30% off their purchases Strava. Guys, if you haven't tried Strava, the the CBD-infused coffee, you need to right now at 30% off. And if you've already taken advantage of the 20% off in the past, now you can enjoy more with this 30% off coupon. And if you're a member, you should have received an email with the details on how to retrieve it in your inbox and if you haven't yet, if you're not a member yet, well, make sure to sign up using the promo code Broncos and then email help at the dnvr.com uh, or reach out to us on Twitter at DNVR Sports to get your code. Guys, make sure to check out this. I love Strava. The, the toasted marshmallow flavor is my personal favorite, but they also have so many other flavors like milk chocolate brown sugar, black cherry, and they have so many different amounts, uh, milligrams of CBD that you can get. So there's something for everyone there. And of course, use that magical code DNVR20 at checkout after 
you've already used this 30% off coupon. So check them out, Strava Craft Coffee. Uh, this one here is for May, so maybe we should wait. Uh, maybe we should recommend uh, sending it again on tomorrow's show there, Ray City Bronco, and then getting Mesa to chime in. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of Mace, I'll read the one from Count Locula today. You find gents keep speaking about how the quarterback measurables have changed. Can you speak to specifically what in the game makes those target target disparities from the prior generations? Guys like Vinny T had long careers tossing well under 60% most seasons. What nuances in gameplay have changed the expectation? And what's with the lower allowance for picks as well? Are cornerbacks not as good? Love the count. That's an interesting question. Uh, I just think in the passing heavy league that we that exists today, you have to complete a high percentage of your throws because a lot of times the passing game, the short passing game is an extension of the running game. Um, teams just don't want to run it as much anymore. And the rules are all curated for you being able to pass the ball more. So because of all that, the expectation for what percentage of your throws you have to hit uh, goes up a bit. With that being said, Pat Shermer has done a, comp- a terrible job of giving <laughs> Drew Locke short throw. When, have you seen a tunnel screen this year? No, I haven't seen any screens, Ryan. Where are, where are screens? What happened he, to screens? And uh, how many weapons do you have that can do screens? You have tight ends that can execute him. You have wide receivers that can execute him. You have uh, uh, running backs that can execute. You, you probably even have fullbacks that can execute him. I, I, it makes no sense. Um, I hammered the table for screens going into the Pittsburgh game. Didn't happen then. Uh, and I said, if you don't call screens – they are going to tee off on Drew Locke. You have to call plays that puts those guys on their heels. Well, what they do, they knock Drew Locke out. And, and, you know, that's another thing that people aren't taking into account when they talk about Drew Locke. I said it after that injury happened. He will not be 100% the rest of the season. You just won't. That's what happens when you sprain your AC joint. It hurts you until you have months at a time to rest it. Um, so, you know, the, the lack of screens is, makes no sense. I realize you don't have Saquon Barkley out there anymore. Um, but I know they were running screens last year with him because you have to get the ball in his hands in space. The same applies to Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. Get those guys the ball in space on the screen game. Use short passes more. Ryan, on top of that, you mentioned Drew Locke getting injured. When you have a, a backup quarterback in, don't you want to give him easy completions? When you have a third-string quarterback in, don't you want to give him easy completions? And when you have a guy that still hasn't started 16 games in his career like Drew Locke, don't you want to give him easy completions? I'm not saying that's all you have to do and all you can do, but, I mean, here and there at least, come on. K.J. Hamler is just a perfect, perfect candidate for this, Ryan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Get the ball to playmakers. Speaking this of <laughs> is not, this is not a novel concept. Speaking of it not making sense, the next one coming in from the price is wrong. Beep. Yo, hope this gets in. Over the cat values the Broncos with the highest week nine valuation differential by a country my by by a country mile. Thoughts? I'm lost here. Um, Highest week nine valuation <laughs> differential. It sounds like we're doing like complex math here, Ryan. Yeah, I was told there would be no math. <laughs> um, over the cap values, the Broncos with the highest week nine valuation differential. I don't know what valuation is pointing to there. Maybe uh, this is my guess. 
players with the least amount of money being paid to them contributed the most. Yes, I can see that. That would make sense. And yeah. my answer to that would actually be, how is it not more? Because your offense, I mean, you have Graham Glasgow, who's making a lot of money, who's playing. Didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, and, and list, right? There's no one else. Oh, Melvin Gordon. He's making yeah. some money and, and he's playing. That's I guess it. He's playing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. They, they're getting a lot of value on offense. Then think about the defensive line. All of your investments in the defensive line weren't on the field. Yeah. Um, Vaughn? All of your investments in the secondary uh, – in the corners weren't on the field. And so yeah. the only players that played for the Broncos on uh, Sunday that are getting paid a lot of money are Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. Am I missing someone? Nope. Nope. That, and Melvin that... Right, right, and Melvin Gordon. Oh, this was just for week nine. I got you. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense that it would be the highest. Holy crap. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Yeah, that They had is three wild. players in the entire game that weren't on their first contract. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> or, or like a free agent off the street contract. Off the street. Oh, Sam Martin. Sam Martin. <laughs> and, and Brandon, Brandon McManus. McManus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. That is so bad. No wonder they got crushed. <laughs> From the other Ryan, my boys. First, a thank you to all the veterans and their families at DNVR and in the DNVR community. I appreciate your service and sacrifices that you made. A big DNVR Army salute to you all. As Michael DeMontaine worded, valor, valor is stability, not of legs and arms, but of courage and the soul. Love that. I think that John Elway has to sink or swim with Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer for this season in 2021. If the Broncos fail to make the playoffs this season and next, then, in my honest opinion, it's time to clean house from top to bottom, including John Elway. Not happening. If the Broncos fail to make the playoffs this season and next, I'd like an entirely brand new, fresh approach from GM to coaches to philosophy. No more retreads. No more going back on those for past Broncos glory. I acknowledge that a lot can change on the NFL fairly quickly and that the league has always been a week-to-week contingency. But if the Broncos fail to make the playoffs this year and next, do you think the Broncos finally make the move on Elway? Will Elway go into next season as a lame duck GM? Have a wonderful Wednesday. Answer this question for me, Ryan. Do the Broncos have a new owner by the time this is happening? No. Then no. It, 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 it'll be uh, – if John wants to be here, it's going to be all him. Is an owner really going to come in and make their first move firing the most iconic figure in the history of the franchise? It'd be bold, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be bold. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I realize that John Elway has lost you know, the faith of many Broncos fans, but I still don't think anyone has the balls to do that. Uh, with that being said, Zach, if people want to say, and I'm not saying that these two groups of people don't overlap because they probably do a lot, but if people want to say that that um, Drew Locke is not the guy and they're done on Drew Locke, do you honestly trust John Elway to be handling the process of finding the next quarterback? Mm, I mean, people would just point to how many how many quarterbacks would that be that that he would have brought in since Peyton Manning uh, to be the guy that didn't work out. Uh, yeah, had, I mean, it starts with Brock. Yep. Uh, even yeah. Even though he did draft Brock. Um, so it would be Brock, uh, who you didn't even resign, even though you tried to. You're lucky that you didn't. Um, Paxton. Paxton. 
Um, I'm not going to add Trevor Simeon to that list because he I, was the throw I wouldn't in. either. Do, do, you, do you put Mark Sanchez into that, or was he just yes. – uh, Okay, Mark Sanchez. Um, Case then Keenum. Case Keenum. Joe, Joe Flacco. Flacco. And this and is a situation where Drew Lock. doesn't work. Yeah, so it'd be over a handful of, uh, of quarterbacks that didn't work. That's why I just think, Ryan, if we're in this position again and John Elway's in charge of this, he's going to go back to what has worked. And there's only one thing that has worked for him, and it's getting a veteran. Uh, and now it also hasn't worked. Multiple times it hasn't worked, but I just think that's why that's the route he would go. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I do know is I don't think John Elway's going out on his own terms with an L. Right. Um, it, it just won't happen. Uh, I, if you give him a chance to step into the batter's box again, he will take it. Yeah. He's going to be shooting those shots until one goes in. Yeah. Or swinging and missing as he said. <laughs> um, it's just, that's, that's just who he is. You give him another chance. He's going to try it. He wants to end on a, on a make. He's not leaving the court until he makes a layup and then he can go home. Um, right. but, but he just, I think, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see what John Elway thinks. If I were to guess on John Elway's demeanor, I think he's going to give Drew Locke the benefit of the doubt. After this year? Yep. Yeah, yeah. He may evaluate what else is out there, realize he's too far away in the draft to get one of these top guys, uh, and, you know, realize that Aaron Rodgers and Matthew Stafford aren't going anywhere, and then Drew will get the benefit of the doubt. You think. We think. Yeah. Um, from Broncoholic711. Hey, guys, been a while since my last comment, and I have lots of thoughts. But we'll try to be brief. With all the talk on the pod recently, uh, chances of a new offensive coordinator, it has me wondering. Bick was not planning on making a change last year, but when Shermer was available, he changed his mind. Uh, so who will be available for us to do something similar again? Matt Nagy, I realize unlikely. I actually thought about Matt Nagy today. Um, I think he's actually a possibility. He's not doing a good job there. A possibility um, for the Broncos or just being fired by the Bears? Being fired. Being yeah. fired. Yeah. Um, Doug Marone, possibly. That doesn't excite me. Uh, believe we need an experienced play caller, but someone that is more versatile than Shermer is proving to be. It's very frustrating watching Shermer's unwillingness to adapt, not only put the right players on the field, but with Gordon over Lindsay far too much, but also stubbornly sticking to his failing three wide receiver scheme and removing the best chance to succeed. Yeah. I mean, this. Man, I mean, Ryan, what would you think of Matt Nagy? Um, it's you're barking up the same tree, trying yep. to find a, an Andy Reid disciple. Um, I don't know. I, I it's a net neutral to me. Yeah, failed head coach from the Andy Reid coaching tree uh, that struggled to succeed on offense without Andy Reid by his side. Right, and that's why I'd be worried about it is because it's not like he was the one doing everything in Kansas City uh, and had so much success. No, he was just learning under Andy Reid. When he got his opportunity, it worked for one year. He, he was, wasn't he a, the head coach of the year, his rookie year? Sure was. And then that, that's been it. It's been all downhill since. So neither of those guys excite me. Gosh. By the way, that was with Vic Fangio coaching his defense. It certainly was. And who knows if the Broncos have Vic Fangio as their head coach if that field goal goes in. Probably not. 
Probably not, and I don't know where we'd be. Maybe they would have gotten Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, <laughs> no, I think it'd be Mike Munchak. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a. I, I I don't know. I think that you know we talk about injuries a lot when it comes to Vic Fangio. I'm starting to think that maybe uh, maybe Vic Fangio gets the same benefit of the doubt that also Pat Shermer and Drew Locke get. Which is just, uh, how can I expect these guys to succeed with all they didn't have? I really think Vic Fangio is going to get every benefit of the doubt unless this thing goes 3-13. and 13. Yeah. 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 I mean, you, you lose out and, and uh, everyone's probably gone except for John after this year. Yeah. Uh, probably. Probably. That would be, what, an 11-game losing streak, nine-game losing streak down the season? I mean, that would be horrendous. Please don't. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's it's crazy to think about. Um, they're probably not – they haven't been favored in a game yet this year, Zach, and they probably won't be. Yeah, the only game that looks like it has a chance – well, I guess there's the Carolina game if, if Carolina starts doing really bad uh, and the Broncos play a little better. But still, going on the road probably won't be favored there. Next week, Ryan, are you surprised that it's a pick 'em against the Dolphins right now? Oh, well, then maybe if they win this week, they might get the nod for next week. Right. Um, yeah, I am surprised. The Dolphins are a better football team. Yeah, I mean, you got a young quarterback playing well and a really good defense right now. Yep. Um, before we get out of here, shout out to Green Mountain Dental Group. Hopefully the Broncos get a dub this weekend so you can unleash a great smile. But you want that smile to be in tip-top shape. So when you go to Green Mountain Dental Group and schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, they're going to hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. If you haven't used the Sonicare, it could be life-changing for you. You know, you just let, you let the brush do all the work. All you got to do is just move it in the right places and let them do the work. You know, it's like, it's like what you hope of a good offensive coordinator. You, he's just telling them where to go, and then they just execute. That's what – uh, that's what, you know, the Sonicare toothbrush does is you just put it in there and it executes for you. Uh, it's pretty great. So, uh, check out Green Mountain Dental Group. They treat you like family cause you are family because they're part of the DNVR family. Uh, so head on down there, best damn family owned dentist group in the metro area. But for today, that's going to wrap it up for us on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thanks to everyone who tuned in and we will talk to you soon.
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.